Well, this is number three for me. Uh, so, lots of times I'm preaching twice, but this is my third one. I appreciate y'all welcoming to this space. So, I did not like to hear Vern's words. That's going to get down to cold, 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 cold. Remember, I'm an Alabama boy, and uh, fall lasts all the way through to March. And then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have spring and then, you know, uh, a long, hot summer. But uh, it is a blessing to be here. We have friends that came up and see all the beautiful leaves. I mean, it is a blessing to be here and, and a blessing to be in this space. To, I, I came in um, and listened to the beautiful music and watching Emma's uh, beautiful offering and dance. And that fits perfectly uh, with kind of what we're going to be talking about as we uh, discuss this passage of Scripture that uh, we've been reading for the past six or eight weeks um, as we look at the last part of Matthew's gospel, um, looking at this great commission. And before I read it, just want to digress just a minute. You know, we've talked a lot throughout the series about what it meant for Jesus to call the disciples. They adored Jesus, and then they doubted Jesus, and then uh, they had some uh, reservations about what they were to do. And Jesus said, you go and teach. And so we spent several weeks uh, looking at the last part of, of the Sermon on the Mount. And there we um, basically said this. Faith isn't about just belief. It is a doing faith. Blessed are ye who do the will of the Father. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to be baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, So let's go to God in prayer and then read uh, the written word. Uh, Lord, we come before you with humble hearts, already filled with worship, already celebrating the goodness of who you are. May we, as we discern your word this day, Um, leave here filled with joy to experience the abundance and the fullness of who you are. We ask this in through Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture text is printed in your uh, program. Um, Vern, you all been reading this together, haven't you? So uh, let us us do that then. It's uh, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. If you will, let us join together and making this an act of worship as we read together. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age." This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What does it mean to baptize somebody into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? What does it mean that we are being commanded by Jesus to do this? Because, you know, it it seems so simple. Yeah, we're just going to baptize them in the name of Jesus. We're going to lay some hands on them. We're going to dunk them under the water. But what does this mean to be baptized into? Uh, The original Greek word means to... In means to be incorporated into, to be made a part of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
I, I think of it this way. You know, we have been so blessed to be interacting with uh, a Ukrainian family. They came to the bazaar. Uh, they expressed needs to us. Several of you all responded by getting them an American girl, several American girl dolls. If you get our church newsletter, you'll see that their need of clothing as winter approaches. And so there, there they are with the, with the sizes of the clothes. So I encourage you to do that and pray for them as they're seeking to be incorporated into the life of this country as their nation has fallen apart, as we all know. And it reminds me of a time earlier in my, my life and my ministry when we were living in Montgomery and another Ukrainian family came to our country. I won't explain all the circumstances. It's a, really a beautiful, powerful story. But Val, Larissa, Sergei, and, and Artum came. And over time, uh, they worked and, the, and things became open to them through thoughts and through prayers. And, and all sorts of wonderful things began to happen. And soon, after much struggle, they became incorporated fully into the life of what it means to be an American. Uh, they are now working as engineers in the Montgomery area. Their oldest son, Sergey, who I had the blessing of doing the wedding for, and he graduated with a Ph.D. in medicine from the good University of Alabama, the hospital university, UAB in Birmingham, and, and he teaches there transplant medicine. I did his wedding with all sorts of geniuses on his side of the family, and, and the wife was uh, someone who had majored in molecular biology, and all those molecular biologists were there. I did his wedding. Artum, the younger kid, is even smarter. He said, college is too boring. And so he was hired directly by NASA to design rockets at Huntsville. Wow, is right. Someone fully enmeshed into what it means to be an American, coming from a foreign place into our country. And that's what Jesus is getting at, being brought into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being fully enmeshed into that life. And when, when we hear the name name, we just think about, you know, well, today we have this pet blessing, and, you know, I hope you all bring your dogs and cats and canoes, and I've even blessed spiders, so, you know, bring whatever. We, we, we look forward to, to doing that. And invite friends. That might be a way to bring them into the life of the church that, hey, wow, this is pretty cool. But anyways, we talk about naming our dog Fido and our cat Fluffy, and we just don't think anything of names. They're mere labels. But in biblical context, name describes the character and the essence of what is being named. And so as we are looking in our current Disciple Bible study that I'm leading uh, on Thursday nights, we just finished Exodus, and we see this, this part in Exodus in the third chapter where Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, and he's told by God to go and, and speak to the Pharaoh to let the people go. And Moses says this, what name should I tell them of the God who's sending me? In other words, Moses is wanting to know the, the character, the essence of this God. And God responds so beautifully. He said, God said, I am who I am. I will be who I'll be. He didn't share fully who God was. No one can understand that. But he shared a part of the essence of God, this being of God. We see that uh, throughout biblical narrative, when people have an encounter with God and are brought into the life of God, their names are changed. We remember Jacob wrestling with God and, and was renamed Israel. We see that the Apostle Paul, it was first called Saul. His name was changed from Saul to Paul. We, we see that Peter was at first named Simon and given this new name, Peter, the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. And one of my favorite characters in the Bible was named Joseph, but 
was called Barnabas, son of generosity, son of encouragement. See, to have someone named, to proclaim someone's name is to proclaim the essence and the character of who that person is. And so Jesus is saying here, be incorporated into the life of this God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Saying that God is this community, you see. God is one God in three persons, this unique Christian teaching that we have of our understanding of God, that before the beginning of time, there was a community, a loving community. Jesus says this in, in John 17 in the high priestly prayer, said, as he's uh, saying, let them God see my glory, the glory that you have given me because of your love that was there before the foundation of the world. There was this community, you see, a community of perfect will and love and intent. Now, when we ask people to, de- to describe the Trinity, we're, you know, we'll ask them to describe all sorts of things. They'll, they'll have this hat theology where they, have, they wear a, a hat. God's a, a father sometimes, a son sometimes, a spirit sometimes. Well, that's not the way we understand it. Or some will say God is like water. Sometimes God is like, God is, you know, water is like ice. God is, or water is liquid, sometimes vapor. And we see the oneness and the essence of, of that. And God is one in essence. But the truest understanding of who God is is God is community, a family. That's been there before the dawn of time. Before there was creation, there was Community. Before there was anything else, there was this love. And creation was made by love, for love, into love. And so we cannot live into the character of God alone. We're invited in to community. We're invited into sharing of God's life together. Together. Our mission, our vision is loving, uh, loving our community, inviting all to discover life in Christ as community. We lost a great saint last year in, in Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And I, I bet most of you all know about Desmond Tutu, he, who from his Christian understanding as, uh, as a bishop there in South Africa, spoke out in a loving way against apartheid, the system that said anyone that was not white was not worthy of full personhood. And he spoke out against it, but in love even for those who were oppressors, even those who were jailing colored people, those who were jailing and imprisoning and in killing anyone that was not white. And after the change in government and apartheid ended, he said, we have to love those who were even oppressing us. And he formed the Truth and Reconciliation Committee so that white and black, people of all colors could come together. For he believed in the South African concept that he Christianized and said, it's called Ubuntu. You are a person because of other people. Or the way he phrased it most simply is this, I am because we are. I am because we are. Friends in Christ, 
we share in life together because we share in life with this divine community called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We cannot do life alone. From the very beginning, in the first chapter of Genesis, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. And maybe in this phrase that was given to Moses, where he said, I am who I am, behind those words are the words also in the first part of Genesis. Let us create them in our image, in our image, plural, from the beginning, God. And who are we to try to do life alone? We can, as I said earlier, we cannot live into the character of God by ourselves because we serve God that's community. I may step on a toe or two here, those online or those who are here. I know I did in the, in the sanctuary. We, we can't do this Christian faith by ourselves. We serve a God who's community. We sang at the, at the traditional service just a few moments ago, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. There is God. If God is community, who are we to be otherwise? You know, we serve a God who has been community before the dawn of time. And that's why it's so fascinating to see people that show up an hour a week and come to like they're at a movie theater and it's dark in here. And we can come and be anonymous sometimes in worship, slip in and slip out. That's all we think there is of community. But there's a lot more than that. Disciple one is so powerful and mentioned because, yeah, we, we engage in Scripture together, but we share life together. We have community groups that are being formed all the time. We, I, Vern just told me we had two more formed last week. Those are people coming together in community to share life together, to share joy and love together, to share problems and heartaches and sorrows together. We need each other. And so if you haven't found community with somebody else, do so. It may not be a formal group. It may be as Jesus had his friends, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. I mean, that, that was a small group. Find somebody to be in community with because it's so needed. We live in a lonely age. Great Britain has formed a department of loneliness because so many people in that country are lonely, and it's in our nation. Harvard University and the medical school did in 2020 a vast survey and they, uh, on the loneliness and the mental health of people in America. And over 36% of the people in America said they are very lonely. And even more telling for some of the people in the demographic in this room, 61% of the people 18 to 25 years old said they are lonely. They have no one to turn to. And, single mo- and, and young mothers, and there's some of them in this room, 51% of them say, we're lonely. It's interesting. Even Harvard, the secular university that it is, made this prescription. Go to church. <laughs> Go to church. And they said some other things too, but that's the first on the list. 
Be united with a faith community. And one of the saddest things is we see the decline in the number of people being involved and connected to a, a Christian community in our country is that a side effect of that is the loneliness that it brings about. And it's a result of our existential thinking that came out of the Enlightenment that it's all about, as the Toby Keith song says, it's all about me. But we serve a God who says, no, it's us. It's us. I am me because of we. And this we that we worship in God, well, is a perfect community of love and unity and intent. I, I love the way Timothy Keller in his sermon on the Trinity talks about that. He said, this Trinity is in the business of glorifying themselves throughout eternity. And glory, he says, means this, loving and serving and praising throughout all of time. Loving and praising and serving. And one of the things that we see is that, well, in this divine embrace of love and praising and serving, well, some can't handle that. This Lucifer that fell, who is the ultimate evil, can't embrace this love that shared in others, shared with each other. I say that because, well, any of y'all watching the Rings of Power? Any Rings of Power? Uh, there, there, two hands back there. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I've watched them all. I've listened to the podcast about it, you know. And, and I'm not going to do a spoiler here because, uh, you know, some of y'all have not been as diligent as me and, and stayed up at midnight at, on Thursday to watch. I, just, I, I didn't do that. But, but I have watched them all, and I know some things. <laughs> And after the last one, there's an interview done with the actor who plays Sauron. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, he talked about getting prepared for the part. And he did all sorts of research. I mean, Ben, ben Fitzgerald would love this guy. He did all sorts of research into Tolkien and read, of course, all the Lord of the Rings and read all these letters that Tolkien had written and read all these writings about Tolkien. And he came across a poem by W.H. Auden about this nature of evil that is revealed in you-know-who. In the poem, Auden says this, evil can only love itself. Is it any wonder that the prince of darkness fell? Because all Satan can love is himself. But we worship and share in the life of one who's been infinite love, sharing in community together before the dawn of time, loving and serving and glorifying and praising one another just because they love each other, not because of attributes, not because of, of any beauty, just because they are. Don't you love it when someone just loves you for who you are, not because, oh, you know, I love her because she's so pretty, or I love him because he can buy me all this stuff. No, just because of who you are. Think about this. 
this crowd will get this more than the other crowds. You've been on a Zoom meeting for a long time. You've been there, you know, you got the eight-hour meeting. Oh, my gosh, one day, shut up. Yeah, we're going to break. And, and in the midst of all that, here comes your beloved. He's sneaking in, bringing you that coffee, that tea, that snack. Why? You've been just sitting there because she loves you. And you think about the kids. They, they go to school, and they open up the lunchbox, and on top of the peanut butter sandwich and the Oreos and the chips is a note saying, Hon, I just love you. I'm so proud of you. You're the best. And, of course, that child, when that letter pops out and someone else sees it, they're going, <laughs> and, and she turns as red as the, as the chairs. But inside... She's smiling because she knows she's infinitely loved. Y'all, stuff like that has been going on since the dawn of time. There's been a note on the pearly gates that said, Jesus, I love you, pop. There has been a field of flowers produced by the Spirit to give glory to God. And there, there's a father and the son say, hey, hey, let's throw a banquet for the Spirit. And let's invite all the angels. And they have a surprise party. And they're, they're, the Spirit walks in. And they're just overflowed with joy because they are giving. And that Spirit is receiving. And there is that feeling that is there. It's been there for all eternity. Wow. And Jesus is inviting us into that life to participate in it. For in love, God is sharing that love with creation. As I said, uh, I think I said, no, I didn't say this in this service. You know, some will say that God created uh, the world because God needed to feel loved. Fooey. That ain't right. God has shared in love from all eternity. God created the world and the universe so that God could share. John, Jesus says this in John 17, I have come so that they might share the glory that I've known from all time. See that God is a giving and generous God and wants us all to experience that. And we are most like this God when we are generous too, when we think about commitments, and which I know some of y'all are doing, but when you're generous, when you're generous, you're most like God because God is generous and giving and wants to share what this joy and its abundance that God has given to us from before all of time. George Marsden wrote a book on Jonathan Edwards, the great uh, preacher and evangelist back in the 18th century. And in, in that, he quotes Edwards' book on why God created the earth. And this is basically what Edwards said, and Marsden is paraphrasing it. God created the earth so that all would know and experience this joy, can grow in this joy and this love as they give glory to God and give glory, serving and loving each other. That's what it's called to be incorporated in this character of God. And we show this, as I love the way Brian McLaren puts it, we show this as we are led by the Spirit in this divine trinity to do things like this. You go to an outing, a party, something, and you're there in the midst of all, and you see that person that's standing off the side, and you go, and you welcome that person, and you bring them into the center of the fellowship. That's Trinity work. That's divine family work. 
It, it, it could be this, that uh, uh, Brian McLaren describes this, and I saw a lot of people agreeing with this. You come home from work, or you come after a late day, and the kitchen is a wreck, and you say, first inclination, can't they clean this stuff up? Don't they know how tired I am? I see a lot of smiles out there. And the Spirit moves and said, well, they're tired too. And you're led to load the dishwasher and wash off the pots and the pans and wipe the crumbs off the counter. Not for any credit, but out of love. The Trinity, the Spirit moves us out to invite others and to be a part of this, particularly those who don't get that invitation usually, those that are homeless, those that have been in prison, those who are dealing with addiction and hurt. That Spirit work, y'all. And being inviting others into this dance that God is inviting us into called the Trinity. That's what this is. I love the way it's described by Edwards. Being a part into the life of the Trinity is like joining in this beautiful dance that's been there since eternity. The arms outstretched, inviting all who would come to join in this circle of love and friendship and beauty and joy. That's what being baptized into the Spirit, into into the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all about. Invited into this dance as beautiful as Emma did just a little bit ago. My wife, she's longed for us to learn to dance. I mean, she wants us to be able to be good dancers. When when we lived in Montgomery, she said, I've got a a surprise date for us. I said, oh, great, wonderful. And so there we go in the car. She drives us to the, the nicest part of town. And we go to this beautiful building. And on the front of it says Arthur Murray Dance Studio. So... So she, she takes us there, and, and it's, a, as I said, a gorgeous building, great part of town, well-maintained. The dance floor is immaculate. Uh, the, the dance instructors, well, look like dance instructors. I mean, they look amazing, and they danced around just like Emma did. I mean, the beautiful showing us all, all these steps and things like that. And here, Alicia, I'm trying it. And, she, and the guy said, oh, great, you've been here the introduction. Now, here's a brochure. You know, you can come for some more. And, of course, me being a, me, I opened the pastor. Oh, my gosh, look how much this is going to cost. So I said to myself, though, I know my wife really wants to do this. So this is back in the days when you did such things as look in the phone book. Anyone remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few. I looked in the phone book for dance studios, found one, called up, made some reservations, and, 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 and said, I want to buy, you know, these lessons, and here's my card. And so we show up there. Well, it's not in the best part of town. It's attached to a gas station. And you open the door, and it's not, it's the dirt, dance floor is not the nicest, and it doubles as a lingerie studio, selling some things that you can't talk about much, particularly in church. And so I said, oh, what have I done? And the guy has a cigarette in his mouth, and I saw all these pictures around of the parties they had there, and he looked like he had been to one of those and stayed, been there a long time. But anyways, we went through the dance lessons. And he helped us. But, you know, we really had trouble with the rhythm, you know, counting and one, two, you know. You do, and we all done ballroom dance. You know what I'm getting at. But over practice, we got a little better. And we even went to a church that had a basement where they, they did dancing on Friday and Saturday nights as, a, as an outreach. But it really didn't click until we, well, we went contra dancing. Any of you all ever done that? 
line dancing. And all of, we went one night with some of our dearest friends. And there was just a wonderful feeling there as you heard the hammered dulcimer and the, and the mandolin and the guitar playing. And we were invited to join in this line of people that were just circling over and over again, joining hands. And there's laughter, there was love, there was joy, there's people just caught up in the frenzy of that delight. It's overwhelmingly happy and beautiful. I'm doing a very poor job of describing the feelings that we shared that night. But y'all, I'm doing even a poor job of sharing about the wonder and delight of that divine eternal dance that you are being called into as you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is something of infinite delight, infinite happiness, infinite joy. And we are called together to be a part of that. That is our calling. Claim it. That is our destiny. Let's live into it as we seek to make disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us pray. God, you have called us to participate in this infinite dance of joy by bringing people to know you as the loving community that you are. Let us never fail in that task and let us participate in ourselves so that we can know the joy of your family. Jesus, lead us there. And let us find it as best we can here so that we can bring others to know that joy as well. We offer this now. In the name of the one who came down to hold our hand to bring us into that community, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen.